Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast, the main show here. I am so thrilled that you tuned in again this week. And I am also equally thrilled because I have a first-time guest on the program. The year of first-time guests continue here in 2023. And she's, I kind of, I know her from Next Best Picture, which is where I've gotten to know a lot of people over the last couple of years. I love hearing her commentary on that show when she pops up with Matt and the guys over there. But say hello to Emma. She's doing a lot of other things too. I might let her tell you a little bit about it, but she's a first-time guest here on The Peace. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing so great. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. So you're out in Palm Springs, California, which I'm a bit envious of because I love Cali. Every time I go there, I'm like, why am I leaving? I just should just stay here. <laughs> but you're so you're in Palm Springs. You're writing for the Desert Sun right now, right? Yes, that's my full time job. I do entertainment reporting as well as health reporting. And I mean, this year has just been such a blessing in terms of being able to cover the film festival in Palm Springs. I'm I'm just about to embark on three weekends of festival coverage. So Ooh. I have two weekends of Coachella and a weekend of Stagecoach. So I will be very tired. I'm glad you're you're having me before all of that begins. <laughs> yeah, I got in at the right time. Well, you know, it's I started nothing. following you on YouTube as well. And I know I saw some of your interviews you did over there. Yeah. You do a really good job. You just have this just inherent like quality. I feel like people just are – you're just easy to talk to, I feel like. I guess I'm going to oh, find out tonight. <laughs> but I get the impression. Hopefully we can keep the trend alive. Yeah, that was that was some few things that I was able to do at the film festival. And, I mean, that was just obviously a huge dream come true. And oh, I'm God, still, yeah. still trying to pinch myself over it. I do not want to wake up if it is a dream, but I'm happy to live in the dream for now. <laughs> Yeah, you had what you had. Uh, you interviewed Colin Farrell out there, right? And you, yes. uh, Stephanie Shu. Yeah, we had and... Colin and Stephanie, Austin Butler, and Baz Luhrmann came through. Um, pretty much all of oh, the man. best actor nominees, except for Paul Mescal, was there. And... Oh yeah, you did Brendan Fraser as well. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was wow. just such an awesome time. No, that's great. Well, I'm going to put all your information down below. And since you've never been on the show before, people listening, please click on. All the links down there and visit Emma online, follow her on Twitter and on YouTube and check out all her interviews. She is a, a great person to watch and listen to over there Thank and on you. Next Best Picture as well. I really enjoy when you show up there also. Thank you. I really appreciate all of that. Absolutely. And it's it really exciting to get you on here uh, tonight. Now, mutual friend of ours, I think, Nicole, you know Nicole Ackman, right? I You're do. Yes. She's wonderful. She's, Oh, she's the best, you know. So I had her on the show a few months ago, and we were kind of touring around with ideas, and I was pitching ideas, and her and I were kind of talking off off camera, mm -hmm. and I came up with one that we almost landed on tonight for female voices, and she kind of <laughs> gave me the idea, and her and I were talking a little bit about different stuff that we could do. And so I put that on my to-do list, and I sent that to-do list to you, which I do with a lot of my guests, and I said, okay, Emma, what do you want to talk about? And we were going to do female voices. But then I let, because I, in my mind, that's singers, female singers. And so you were like, well, I don't know. And we kind of danced around it a little bit. And we landed on this topic, which is vastly different than that, but also <laughs> still equally kind of interesting. Uh, what are we counting down tonight, Emma? Why don't you tell the folks? Tonight, we are counting down our top five voice acting performances, which when I read female voices, I was like, I would love to talk about women talking in films. That sounds absolutely, great. <laughs> absolutely. And we we should do. You know, it was Women's History Month last month too. So mm, we're, record, we're recording this in April. I mi I missed it. I, I need Just to plan something. <laughs> I know. I think next March though. I I think I'm going to do like an all women centric month on the I podcast where it's just like all women related topics because I've done them like you know spaced throughout or just yeah. randomly. But I think that would be cool to have kind of a theme centered around that and have like a different woman as the guest each week. And I think I might call on you to make that happen I'm, before you I'm start all getting all your it. interviews again. Yeah, I was <laughs> about to say before Coachella starts again. I'm all for it. Right, I like, love that. Right. After award season before Coachella, that window, you know. Yes. The window yeah, for when sure. I'm kind of sleeping. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. So when you were coming up with your list, now I don't like to give any topics or I'm sorry, any picks away up top here. But when you were coming up with this list for voice actor, which by the way, we're doing for movies, right? We didn't, we didn't branch out to TV. There's yes. a lot of ones that maybe we'll mention tonight that, you know, pop up here and there on television. But we're sticking purely to film. So when you were coming up with your list, Emma, was this easy for you? Because I kind of started drilling down my list a little bit today when I got off work. And I felt like narrowing it down was really the hard part. What about for you? I would have to agree just because, um, I mean, I definitely uh, looked at animated films quite a bit for this. I do have one pick that is not an animated film that I will not Mm. spoil for right now. But it definitely was like, all right, which animated films do I love? I'll start there. And then I'll really get into, do I love the voice performance that goes in there? And I realized that I really do love a lot of voice performances. And the reason why characters are so iconic or so memorable, it's because of the people behind those voices, which also makes me really happy that we're highlighting voice acting because I... I, for example, would love to see a voice acting category at the Oscars oh, yeah. and just in mm-hmm. general in a lot of award shows, just because I don't think that they get their flowers as much as they should. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool that we get to highlight a few of these different performances tonight. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. You know, when I was kind of narrowing down this list and what ultimately ended up being my top five is I was thinking to myself, there's there's like one exception, really, which is going to be my number five. That's pretty recent. But. Generally speaking, a lot of like voice acting performances, you could, it could very easily be considered like, oh, well, they phoned it in just to get a paycheck or like, you know, the studio just used this actor's name to, to draw people in. And there's not really a lot of emotionality behind it. But in, in these cases, and I'm going to point out, not only is that emotionality and like almost like you can see visually what the what the actor is doing behind the scenes, if you will. Mm-hmm. But like it's ca- it's carried on too, like almost a legacy for some of these characters that I'm going to mention tonight. I don't want to give any away, but you mentioned animation. I mean, you said you had what one that was not animated? Maybe two at this point. <laughs> I'm still debating yeah. like how many in the honorable mentions are oh, going to yeah. make it. I don't want to cut any of them out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've got so it, so collectively in my 10, which would include my honorable mentions, I've got three that are non-animated. Okay. But the animated ones, like the, the actors take it to a new level where they literally like create this iconography. Like it's just like yeah. iconic, you know, because of the because of the what they put into it. Does that make sense? Like it's a small percentage, I feel like. And to your point, I wish they would get recognized, the ones that really give their all to these performances, because they don't have to do that. I mean, let's be honest. You know, they're not quote unquote in front of the camera. It's just their voice. Right. But you, you can just, tell the ones that do. You can just sit down at the chair, read your lines call it a day, like add a little bit of enthusiasm and this part or that part. But really, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. You're still going to get paid for (laughs) your voice being on there. (laughs) Exactly. So it's commendable, uh, at least on my list. I'm assuming on yours as well, that the dedication that these actors put into this one that frankly, they didn't really need to, especially if they're big names, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they did, I feel like. So I'm excited to get into it and see what we got here. So we're doing our top five voice acting performances in film. Emma is here and she's going to get us started. So what is your number five voice performance and why? Number five, I picked Amy Poehler as Joy from Inside Out. Good one. I remember when I first watched Inside Out, I mean, I was emotionally destroyed (laughs) as many other people were. And, but I was also happy i was you know confused about the sequence of events that were going on and amy poehler was joy she was leading us through this journey she herself went through quite the emotional journey as her little emotion uh, as it related to um her human's life and all the changes in her life and i just thought i mean she could have, as you said, she could have just stayed her happy Amy Poehler way that we all associated associate her with. She definitely is playing a happy character here, but she is recognizing all of the changes and all the different emotions that are okay to go through a child's 
life and through their head. And I just felt that it was emotional. I felt that it was taking it to a whole new level. And honestly, that entire cast is pretty stellar. But I think Amy Poehler leads the charge quite well. Yeah, no, for sure. And she is such a layered character that you wouldn't think because you would think it would be a one note, quote unquote, joy, you know, just kind of this overbearing, kind of annoying, joyous character that's always happy. But what's cool about that is because the young child's going through her journey. Mm-hmm. Riley, I think is her name in the movie. Riley's yeah. going through her journey. But joy is too. And by the end of the movie, you know, she understands the importance of sadness mm-hmm. and how sadness really ends up kind of being the hero of the story in the end that we all have to have those other emotions that might not seem as desirable to the naked eye, but they're as important as something like happiness or joy. So, mm-hmm. you know, Amy Poehler really, you know, like the bing bong scene. Oh, <laughs> I mean, for, don't, yeah. even, <laughs> I mean it, don't even mention that to me right now. <laughs> If you played that for me right now, I would literally cry. Like, it's like, it's just so, and you know, Amy Poehler in that scene sounds wrecked, you know, like her character really sounds devastated and is taking, is living through what we're watching on screen. So I agree with you. It's a great pick. I mean, Pixar just has a knack for great voice casting and also just you know, pulling out the emotions of, you know, kids and adults. Cause I mean, they really do pull your heartstrings and inside out is, is a perfect example. So great pick to get us started. Now I've got two of my top five that are not animated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with number five. This is the only one that is, I mean, it's a recent film. It came out in 2013, but I didn't know this actress voice this when I saw it. And when I found out after I can just remember being like, Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't even realize that. And then like, I wanted to watch it again so I could like hear her, you know, cause I'm such a huge fan of hers, but it's Scarlett Johansson from her, the Spike Jones film. Very, very good pick. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, AI right now, especially is in the conversation big time, but in the last like 10 years or so, I mean, Siri, Alexa, I gotta be quiet saying that they might come on my devices here. (laughs) Don't start. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But I mean, they're just taking over our lives and we are so attached to them, whether we want to admit it or not, at least if we're into technology and reliant on technology. And, uh, you know, Spike Jones is one of those filmmakers that really takes like a quirky premise and just makes it so relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did that really well with her. I felt like Joaquin Phoenix is a powerhouse, but, you know, Scarlett Johansson, is one of my favorite actresses and I can, and the reason this is on here is because I can just remember being like, man, I love her so much. I'm such a huge fan of hers. I watched that movie for two hours and I didn't know that was her. Like I didn't know that was her voice, you know, and that that just, I don't know, just flabbergasted me at the time. So there's something to be said for that a little bit. Yeah. I'm surprised you couldn't pick up on it. She, I mean, I can now knowing it, I'm like, Oh, well that's her. But at the time, I just, I don't know. I just was thinking Siri or like AI and I just, it just didn't register with me, which really kind of impressed me and surprised me a little bit. What do you think about this one? I I like this pick. Definitely it, I mean, back then it caused such a huge conversation around AI, but also obviously the subject matter within the film itself. I've actually been really, um, been wanting to revisit this movie because it has been such a long time since I've seen it. I want to go back into it kind of with not necessarily, well, I guess with fresh eyes, you know, it's almost been a decade since this movie has come out of, if not a decade. And yeah, I just remember every word she said was kind of intoxicating. I mean, Scarlett Johansson Mm -hmm. has this really distinct, sultry, inviting voice that uh, maybe sometimes the accent work isn't always great, as we may have seen in Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> but sure, yeah. I just I always really enjoy her presence in movies, and uh, I I think that this is definitely a topic. I I just I I need more of her voicing. Can I change actually the Siri on my phone to be Scarlett Johansson's voice? <laughs> I know. I wonder why that's not a thing yet. I so guess uh, 20, 2013, I, I mean, Siri was around back then, I think, right? I don't know. I'm I, not very I good with so. like 
memory, I should say. <laughs> but I, um, I think so. I don't know. That'd be that'd be a something to look into. I'm, I'm assuming there should be a Scarlett Johansson voiceover of some kind, but I don't know. She <laughs> she, she should make some money doing that for sure. I know she's strapped for cash anyway. <laughs> Yeah, she right. needs all she the needs, extra money. <laughs> yeah, she needs a side gig, I'm sure. <laughs> we all do at the end of the day. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. So what's your number four, Emma? It's your turn. So number four is Josh Gad as Olaf in Frozen. Mm. This little snowman, I mean, what he did in my life during those two movies when they came out. I love him both in Frozen and Frozen 2 just because um, – He's such a happy presence on screen. He is ridiculous, rambunctious, makes you want to like cuddle him and hug him, even though he will probably give you a very, very cold hug back. But I mean, Josh Gad just like, he utilizes this voice that is just so childish. And you would think that it is coming from like an actual child, but no, it's this grown man who has children. He's married and all of this. I don't know. I'm just a big fan of Olaf as a character and he's never really done me wrong. And I just felt that Josh Gad was the guy to do the job. So he makes the movies for me in all honesty. I mean, as does Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel and pretty much everybody else. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's a it's stacked cast for sure. Stacked voice cast. It's he's an iconic sidekick. He is. He is. He he's just really. I mean, and I don't think that would have happened without the voice performance. To your point, I mean, it's so energetic and childlike. It's just easy to connect to. Obviously, for children. Mm-hmm. But also, like, parents love it because it gives the kids something to connect to in the movie, regardless of what the subject matter, depending on the age. But Olaf is, like, universal, regardless of how old you are. You know, a two-year-old versus us. You know what I mean? So I think think it's a great pick. He's an iconic sidekick. Actually, the episode I did with Nicole was top five movie sidekicks, and I feel like she had Olaf. Good. Nicole, if you're listening to this and you didn't, I'm sorry, but I think you did. I know it came up at some point or another. So, so good pick. Not to also mention, I mean, he sings in both of the movies too. And I mean, that's a whole nother skill set that you have to utilize. So I feel like he really, really shined in a number of ways here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So good pick Olaf from the Frozen films is your number four. And what a segue because this character that I'm about to mention was also on my movie sidekicks episode, which I Ooh. just remembered when I said that to you. But also it's an iconic sidekick, in my opinion. Okay. It was a little bit before Frozen. It came out in 2001, and there's been an entire series of films. They're still making them. They're doing spinoffs, but it's Donkey from Shrek, voiced by Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I talked about this on my sidekicks episode a couple months ago, but much like Josh Gad did with Olaf, you know, Eddie Murphy just put his comedy and his humor and the childlike just approach that he had to this character, but still with a little bit of edge to it. Cause the Shrek films in the early two thousands had its eensy, eensy bit of edge to them <laughs> with some of the jokes that kids might not get but they still laugh because of the delivery that eddie murphy was giving or you know the one or two bad words that he might throw in there <laughs> which made it kind of edgy and, and hip and cool at the time but you know eddie murphy in my opinion is one of the greatest comics alive and definitely one of the greatest like stand-up comics of all time mm-hmm. and the stuff that he's done in his career and then to be able to shift it to this family friendly like i said iconic sidekick and it's just, you know, I mean, anytime I see an actual donkey, like I'm, I think of Shrek just because of what Eddie Murphy did with this animal that's been around for hundreds of years. You know I mean? It's just crazy that he put his spin on it and just, he's just donkey now to me. What do you, what do you think about this movie? Are you a fan of the Shrek films? I'm obsessed with the Shrek films. They might honestly be my favorite like animated films in general. And actually, Eddie Murphy was my number two pick. So you nice. and I are, we are on the same wavelength. Um, Alpha, right. I, I'm going to switch it. I'm, I, he'll still remain number two, but I'm going to give like another number two once we get to that point in our podcast. Ooh, okay. Yeah. But um, I mean, Donkey is just 
an iconic character who will never not make me laugh. Pretty much all yeah. of the Shrek characters could belong on this list, uh, but Donkey stands on yeah. his own. I mean, loyal friend, hilarious companion, a little clueless at times, and yeah. Eddie Murphy just delivers it all perfectly in whatever iteration he has to. Yeah, and he's kind of like annoying too, but like you still want him there, you know? Like I know. when he's not there, you miss him. <laughs> yeah. The him like doing the uh, clacking sound as they're like pulling up too far, far away in Shrek 2. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite Shrek film in the franchise? Shrek 2. Yeah, no, it's Shrek 2. That's absolutely the answer. <laughs> that's, that's the correct answer. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Uh, yes, it is Shrek 2. That's correct. But honestly, I like them all. I mean, I you know, yeah. they all have bad parts and good parts and whatever. But I mean, mm-hmm. Shrek 2, in my opinion, is like the masterpiece of, of the of the series. So I'm, I, uh, but, I'm, but I'm mad it. it didn't win Best Picture that year. I mean, that's how great it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should have been in the race. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> so there we go. So a couple of iconic sidekicks for our number fours. We are up to our number threes now. Emma, what do you got? So I went with Ellen DeGeneres as Dory from Finding Nemo. I mean, what's one of the lines that you remember from that film? It's just keep swimming. You hear her voice over and over in your head. I mean, she kind of like Donkey is that companion who you're a little annoyed with her. She's not very helpful, but you want her there. And I mean... I don't know how great Dor- Finding Dory was. Uh, it was great because we got to hear Ellen's voice again and her reprieval of this character. But mm-hmm. the place where it's at is Finding Nemo. And so, um, yeah. I mean, that's just, it's whenever I revisit Finding Nemo, I'm just always looking forward to when Merlin and her reconnect and find each other in the ocean and set off on this adventure. And so I, I got to, Give it up to Ellen, despite some problems in recent years with Ellen. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But in talking about just Dory, though, I mean, you know, it's weird because it's like this little fish, you know, know. and it's but she, but she really makes you connect to that character. I mean, you really do. Like you, you feel for her. Like you said, you're kind of annoyed by her at times, Mm -hmm. but it's a touching performance. It honestly is. And in Finding Dory, it's good too, but it's kind of the same beats that we got in the original. Yeah, There's nothing much. like super new introduced. But mm-hmm. if you love that character, you know, which which I do as well, mm-hmm. I, I mirror what you're saying. But uh, great pick, Ellen DeGeneres. And, you know, that's one that she has a very distinguishable voice too, but I feel mm-hmm. like it just fit. It didn't matter. It just fit perfectly. Like It did unlike my ScarJo pick, like with this one, like I knew it was Ellen immediately, but like, I didn't care. It just made sense. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I guess that's part of the casting, the beauty of casting. Uh, but it went well with, with Dory and that's your number three. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. That's a good Thank pick. You. Thank you. Well, we, we will stay Disney Pixar here. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned, I think it was with your inside out pick that you said, you know, really any of the main cast could have been in your top five. And that's kind of mm-hmm. how I feel about this franchise also. And I didn't really know which way I was going to go because there's some side characters that are just like so memorable for me. But I mean, come on, it's Hollywood's dad, Tom Hanks in the Toy mm-hmm. Story franchise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the evolution of this character who is a toy, literally a toy. And in the first film, he's trying to have his dominance over Buzz Lightyear. And he wants to be in charge of, you know, Andy's room. And he kind of hate, you know, we're all re- are resistant to change at points. And that's what kind of what he's going through. Mm-hmm. But as the series goes on and Andy grows and these toys kind of mature, you know, within their mind, and different things are thrown at them like we, you know Tom and this is kind of what I was talking about when in, Emma in the beginning too is that I mean Tom Hanks is one of the biggest movie stars in the history of the world mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to I mean he can literally just read from the page and they'll give him a million dollars I mean he doesn't have to do anything mm-hmm. but he continues to turn in these emotional layered like graduated performances from the previous film all the way throughout the series and I was one of the people that when they announced Toy Story 4, 
you know, three or four years ago, whenever I was like, why are we doing this? Toy Story <laughs> is a perfect trilogy. Yeah. Like we're, we're good dog. Like we don't need to do this. And then you hear characters like what Hanks did again in Toy Story four and kind of the different connection with, you know, is he going to choose to be with this group or is he going to go with, you know, his love and like, mm-hmm. but I don't know. You get what I'm saying? It's just so cool how, it was written that way, yes, but I feel like Hanks really had to sell it to us, and he yeah. did so with his voice performance in these movies. I mean, you weren't—you were definitely not alone in terms of people's feelings about Toy Story Four. But he <laughs> is—I mean, he's Woody. He's always going to get us on board. This is a fabulous pick because, and I'm sure he shows up on so many of like the top ten best vocal acting performances of all time. Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason for it. You believe that he is the sheriff in town who is going through all of these different struggles in each movie and having to grapple with the fact that maybe he's being replaced or, you know, being separated from his from his family and from uh, Andy and all of that. So it's I don't know the they. I'm sure when we're younger, I mean, we viewed these films as just like, oh, they're fun animated movies. They're just for us kids, right. but they're but they're so right. profound and deep as you grow older and you really understand and can look through look at them through the adult lens and connect to that child self from a few years yep. ago and just see how how different the impact is. And I definitely feel that with the Toy Story movies. And as you said, this is certainly one that like so many different people could have gotten <laughs> a pick yeah. on. Yeah. And I, you know, I stand by the fact that Toy Story 3 is one of the greatest animated films ever. I don't know if that's your favorite one in the series or not. Uh, I should have asked you first, I guess, but I do. I do really love Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the part where they're all think they're going down together in the inferno or whatever, and they're I holding know. hands and they think that's it. And, you know, it's just the, the depth of that story for these little inanimate objects, you know, and how we've connected to them for so many years mm-hmm. and performances like Hank's, you know, really, like I said before, kind of sell that to us and make us feel like we're part of the proceedings, you know? So definitely. Uh, for that reason, I admire it as one of my favorites and I love Tom Hanks too. So, you know, uh, we he's did. A good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's a good dude, I guess. Okay. We did our Tom Hanks movies on the show. Oh, cool. God, probably, probably four or five years ago. But I feel like, I feel like I had Toy Story three on my list actually good. of Tom Hanks's whole catalog. I think you're staying true to yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I love, I love that series. I love that character, Woody. And we are up to our runner-ups, Emma. What do you got at number two over there? So number two, I mentioned that it was Eddie Murphy, but I'm also going to give another number two. Oh, yeah. This is one of my two non-animated performances, and I am going with Andy Serkis as Smeagol slash Gollum from the Lord of the Rings movies. It's uh, it's funny. I just watched all three Lord of the Rings movies for the first time uh, at the end of 2023, you know, daunting run times, uh, just wanting to find the right mindset to be in to watch them just because it's a huge epic that you're about to follow for like nine, 10 hours. And you want to be sure that you're in the right, right mind zone for them. And I was really enjoying it, you know, really, really digging the vibes. But Andy Serkis's performance as this interesting creature and is certainly one of the highlights of this movie. Um, I did kind of yeah. have to wonder, you know, am I okay mentioning this one? But I mean, he doesn't look like Gollum in real life. No, it's, right? Yeah, it's more. That's definitely more of the animated CGI portion of this, um, where we're definitely getting his voice. Um, but I mean, he was just amazing in all of these movies and certainly gave me a a look at Andy Circus that I never <laughs> anticipated from him a crazy turn from him um but I mean he's one of our bad guys in these movies and bad guys are so fun to watch and to follow and he certainly goes through a bit of changes with his character whether he's the good guy and wants to help uh Frodo or if he wants to turn against him and Sam. And so uh, 
I had, yeah. I just had to, I had to pick him for this. It's certainly a memorable performance. Without a doubt. And the, and we're talking about the voice part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, that voice is like eerie, creepy. Yes. yes. Uh, without a doubt, memorable. Um, you know, it's a little unnerving. Yes. And you don't know, like, as you're watching the movie, you don't know, like, what's his end game? Like, should we trust him? Is he going to double cross them? Is he, like you said, is he a villain? Is he just misunderstood? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, and I feel like a lot of that is because of obviously circus's performance all around, but the voice for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned it too. So I'll just let you know, I just watched these movies for the first time last year as well. Oh, okay. So we're both in the same boat. Yeah. It was a huge blind spot for me. I had seen like, bits and pieces of the of the first one like mm-hmm. when it first came out but i never watched it like all the way through so i went through and did a binge for my patreon one of my patrons pitched it to me and i said yeah let's watch them together so we did it and i loved them i mean two towers was my favorite of the three but oh okay like you said if you're not if you're not like okay i'm sitting down yeah. to watch a three-hour fantasy film it, you're it's not going to go well for you no. you got to really be in the right <laughs> mindset you're right about that <laughs> but I I will say that the first one is my favorite, and Two Towers is my least favorite. <laughs> oh wow, interesting. Yeah, I I think the battle at Helm's Deep and that whole sequence did it for me. So that makes sense. It just I don't know. It was just something super super epic about that. It's just. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean I love them all, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with your pick either. So great great choice. <laughs> Gollum you. is your number two. Yes. My number two is now this guy, the actor, I mean, could literally read me the back of a ketchup bottle and it would probably be able to make this list. <laughs> the guy has an iconic voice. Everything he voices is like just so memorable. And you just remember that character. There's two that I was battling with which one to pick. So I, I decided to go with the one that's been mo- the most impactful in my life and that I've connected to a little bit more. So that's going to be James Earl Jones for Darth Vader mm-hmm. from the Star Wars films. Are you a Star Wars fan or no? I have definitely. I've, I've seen all of the movies. Uh, I'm a Harry Potter girl. That's that's where my that's allegiances fine. lie in terms of the fantasy. But I did I did really enjoy all of the Star Wars movies. Well, Vader, you know, he's one of the most, if not the most, iconic movie villains ever. And I'm talking about really from the original trilogy, although the lore continues. Uh, You know, we see it it pop up up here and there. I loved when he showed up in Rogue One, which was essentially a prequel to A New Hope. But, you know, James Earl Jones is like really deep, sinister, like take on this character but also with just a little hint of like submissiveness to where like you're able to kind of like, and then you see in the, in the prequels, which, you know, give or give or take some of those movies, but you see kind of the origin of Anakin and where that kind of comes from and the lost love and the heartbreak and the things that he's gone through in his life that kind of turned him bad, if you will. Yeah. Uh, And he wasn't just inherently that way. Mm Mm-hmm makes you connect to it a little bit more, but I just feel like James Earl Jones, I mean, as Vader is like literally put it in a museum. I mean, it's like one of the best, it's just attached to that lore forever. And I'm going to tell you right now, Star Wars is going to go on forever. I mean, they'll never stop doing Star Wars <laughs> related content. I mean, it'll be literally until the end of the world like explodes. It'll be going on. So we'll have like 15 different like mini series going on <laughs> at the same time when we're 85. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll be unstoppable, you know, so. But James Earl Jones is one of those like old school kind of like classic things to take away from the franchise that. I feel like it's unrivaled, especially if you're talking about like live action uh, voiceover work. Totally. So that's my number two. I think his best work in those films is probably in the Empire Strikes Back when we get the reveal, mm-hmm. you know, of, of him being Luke's father. And um, it's basically like a soap opera, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, uh, <laughs> like an intergalactic soap opera. But yeah, James Earl Jones from Star Wars is my number two. So there you go. That's a, Emma, that's, you got a great list going over there. We don't, we haven't had any crossover yet, which is, well, I mean, 
we a did donkey, with, I guess. Yes, we had donkey. Um, yeah. James Earls Jones uh, as Darth Vader made it as my honorable mention on my honorable nice. mention list. Um, nice. You know, I'm not as big of a Star Wars fan as you. However, I have to recognize that iconic voice. I mean, that is like the voice that every generation will recognize. And it's because of the the eeriness, the, the power behind, behind every single word. And I mean, you're just trembling as you hear him breathing. So, I mean, that is yeah. a sign of a true scary guy and he nailed it. So I'm glad that this definitely made it up on both of our lists. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I agree. So when we nailed this category down a few weeks ago, Emma, I knew immediately what my number one was. But before we get there, I want to hear what your number one is. Has it been mentioned yet tonight or no? It, it has not been mentioned tonight so far. Okay, all right. Go for it. I, I'm eagerly awaiting to hear your number one. I remember you texting me. I know exactly who's going to get this. And I was like, ooh. Right away. Right away. <laughs> My number one is a film that just came out last year. Ooh. A very iconic voice behind a, a cute little creature. It is Jenny Slate voicing Marcel the Shell. Hey. In Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I mean, I just love I love hearing that voice coming out of that little shell. I mean Oh, so Mar good. Marcel is so wholesome, and of course Jenny Slate voices him as this wholesome precious little being because that's exactly what he is and mm -hmm. there is so much there's just so much humor and her dry deliveries sometimes and just these little phrases that she utters are just so perfect and just capture whatever creature this little alien thing is from <laughs> yeah, right right but I mean, I've I've rewatched Marcel the Shell a few times, and I just find something new to appreciate from her performance. And not only that, I mean, she like has been with this character for over ten years. I mean, since I the beginning, just kind of developed this voice for for this thing. And um, there have been so many YouTube shorts. There's been like children's books. There's been this animated film. Um. And I just, I adore, I adore everything every, that has to deal with this character. Me too. Did you watch any of the uh, shorts and stuff prior to the movie coming out? I did. Yeah, it was interesting to see yeah. how a lot of the ideas from then definitely made it into the movie itself. But then it expanded upon this, this longer uh, story of him losing his family and then trying to reconnect with them. Well, I... Um... I'm one of those people that I just don't know what was wrong with me, but I missed it prior to the movie. Like, oh, okay. One of my favorite movies of the year last year. And I actually yeah. saw it for the first time in the theater. Like, I don't know, maybe like two or three weeks after my grandmother had passed, who I was really, really mm -hmm. close to. Mm -hmm. So this movie freaking like, I was in a pool, like I was a blubbering mess when I saw this movie the first time. And I've seen it a couple of times since I watched it at home with my son who's nine and he loved it as well. It was, mm -hmm. I think I, I'm speaking for him, but I think it was his favorite animated movie besides maybe Pinocchio last year. Okay. You're raising a young little movie guy over there. I see. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a film buff for sure. So he love loves those, those types. But I, what I was going to say is I just didn't even, I don't know why. Cause I love Jenny Slate. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I love the movie. I just didn't know anything about the YouTube kind of phenomena prior to the movie. So mm -hmm. I went back and watched them, a lot of them, after seeing the movie. And it was really cool to kind of do it that way too. Yeah. But yeah, that was my introduction to this character is when the movie came out. And I That's was awesome. just kind of like you kind of like you said, I was just in love immediately. I mean it was so charming and it, it was cool how they were able to connect us to this a literal shell. And you like why am I feeling emotions for this? Like, you know what I'm saying? I but you're like, you just, it was just so cool. And a lot of that has to do with Jenny Slate for sure. So I think it's a great pick. Well, <gasps> I'm so excited. Is, <laughs> <laughs> now, regular listeners of my show, if they haven't already guessed and they hear it, they're going to be like, Oh yeah, of course. But it is Robin Williams as the genie from Aladdin. Another Very Disney solid, film, right? another Disney. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've talked about this movie a lot of times on this show before. It's come up on a few other lists that I've done. But 
Robin Williams has this like frantic, just ball of energy. <laughs> and he, I've seen behind the scenes stuff of him in the booth doing this work for this movie. Yeah. He's like going and, all over the place. Yeah. Just so zany. And it's, you know, probably 70 or 80% improvised. And like, he's doing like impressions and like making fun of people. I mean, it's just like all this, it's like a stand up act that, you know, I'm sure the editors had a nightmare <laughs> piecing together to come up with the performance that we get on screen, but it's just, <laughs> I I just feel so good every time I watch it. Uh, it's my number two Robin Williams performance next to Goodwill Hunting of his entire catalog, and it's a voice performance. I just feel like he brought so much emphatic energy to this story and to this movie that without, I mean, could you imagine this movie without, I mean, what would this, it would just be like, inherently just so different than not having his energy it would be the will smith version in the live action <laughs> remake whatever yeah, that smith was first. that's true yeah that's a good point actually we have seen that you're right <laughs> real quick i'll tell the story because i feel like it's cute and you might like it I've, I've told it a couple times on the show before but another reason why this movie is like i can't get it out of my mind and i never will is because my first job ever when i was like 16 years old was working at an Eckerd's drugstore. Are you familiar with that? It's kind of like Walgreens, but right. you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So I, I was there. I was like a cashier, stock boy, whatever. And it was right when the TVs with the VCRs built in them had come out. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not that young. I do remember I mean, having I'm, a little I'm, VCR I, player. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm like super old, so I feel like I have to like make sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. No, Sorry. <laughs> I, I remember. I, I actually had the first three Harry Potters on VHS. That tells nice. you that I was back then. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So anyway, we, we were carrying those, and we only had one VHS tape that we sold, and it was Aladdin. So I, they, it just played on a loop at the store I worked at and we had it sitting right there on the counter next to where I was, you know, and uh, my girlfriend worked there at the time and we literally watched Aladdin like three or four times a day for like two weeks because it was like the Mm. only movie we had and it just played over and over again and seeing kids in the line, you know, like asking their parents to buy it from because it was so like, they were just so drawn to it and just their eyes would just light up at it. You know, I mean, we live in a different era now and in the 2020s, but uh, back then it was just like super magical to just like, hear those songs and just like I said before, just Robin Williams's energy was just infectious and it was just something about it. And it still gets me to this day. Like I still love watching it. I have such a good time with it when I watch it every, every time I watch it at least one, like once a year and I love it. Disney needs to write you a fat check for all the sales that you managed for <laughs> to do for them that time. <laughs> I know, man, I tell you, Oh man. Well, there we go. So that was our top five voice acting performances in film. Emma, I got to tell you, you surprised me a little bit there with Marcel because I love that movie. I'm glad. But I guess recent I guess recency bias, I just didn't see it coming, so. Right. No, but, I mean, I, I love I love it. I kind of I kind of st- had to think a little bit, you know, what definitely has kind of stuck with me and who has delivered this great vocal performance yeah. that I just love going back to and I mean, it's my girl Jenny. She did a fabulous I love job. It. I love it. My uh, my son, I mentioned him earlier. He's nine. He's going to get me a little Marcel the shell. I'm going to put it up here. Oh, I my, love that. My, ba- <laughs> my background somewhere. He was he was like looking for it on Amazon. I'm like ah, but then we found it on A24's like website. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it for your Father's Day. You put it up in your thing there. Best so like, That's ever. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, he's the best. So there we go, guys. When we come back, we're going to take a quick promo break, Emma. When we come back, we'll give our honorable mentions, and then we'll shout out the fans online too, and just see what they had to say. So everybody sit tight. We will be right back. Together, we can make a difference. That's been the sign-off for everything Livestream for the Cure related ever since the event began back in 2017. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I am the host of the Livestream for the Cure, an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years, we've made that difference together. Amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together. And we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date. And we're going to raise $25,000 
for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer. Together, we will make a difference. Welcome back, guys. As I said, pre-break, Emma is here, first-time guest of the show, and we just discussed our favorite voice acting performances in film. With the exception of Mr. Eddie Murphy as Donkey, we didn't have any crossover in our top five, which is great. So a very eclectic list of these voice actors. And we're going to get into our honorable mentions. But before we do that, Emma, just remind everybody what your top five was again. Yes. So number one slot went to Jenny Slate for Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Number two, I ended up doing it as a tie between Eddie Murphy as Donkey in the Shrek movies and Andy Serkis as Smeagol Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies. Number three went to Ellen DeGeneres for Dory in Finding Nemo. Number four was Josh Gad as Olaf in Frozen. And then number five was Amy Poehler as Joy from Inside Out. Great list. Really good list. My number five would have been Scarlett Johansson from Her. My number four was Donkey from Shrek. My number three was Woody from Toy Story, voiced by Tom Hanks. My number two was the iconic Darth Vader from the Star Wars films. And my number one was the genie from Aladdin, voiced by Robin Williams. I want to make sure everybody knows I mean that one. (laughs) Although I guess it wasn't a voice performance for Will Smith. It was whatever other kind of performance that was. It was a fever dream. <laughs> it was something weird. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So honorable mentions, I got five here and I know you have some over there as well. So if you yes. want to just list the ones that didn't quite crack your top five, Emma, what do you got? Yeah. So um, I mentioned this earlier, but James Earl Jones was on my honorable mentions list for Darth Vader. A lot of the same things that you love about him, I do too. Um, I have Josh Gad's Frozen co-star Kristen Bell in my honorable mentions as, as Princess Anna, who just like him, has to sing her way through this movie and have a boatload of fun being funny and quirky. And she does an awesome job. Um, Jeremy Irons as Scar from The Lion King. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. That is a terrifying voice performance. I mean, as a child, Mm -hmm. literally scarred me. And then even Mm -hmm. as an adult, when you're going back, you're just like, oh, my God, he's so scary. He has the perfect voice for this. (laughs) Yeah, he does. So, so sinister in that. Um, And then these two... They have a bit of crossover in the movies that they're in, but I I can't not mention both of them. Mike Myers as Shrek and and then Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots. I mean, if you couldn't tell, I love the Shrek movies and I love the voices that these, these people all put into their performances. Without a doubt. Cameron Diaz too, really. I mean, they're all, they're all great. Yes. Well, uh, did you know Chris Farley was supposed to do Shrek? Did you hear that? You I knew think that? I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that too a few years ago and I was like, oh my, cause I love Chris Farley. I mean, I was just a fanboy of his in the nineties and, uh, but, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, that's Mike Myers now to me, you know? And also Mike Myers, I heard delivered the Shrek voice in a whole different way than how we hear it today ah. um and it just didn't work out and so, you know he just didn't feel like as enamored with mm. it and then he just kind of started going at it in this strange irish scottish accent maybe i just made that fact up entirely but i feel like i have read that <laughs> well it sounds right i don't know it sounds i believe you so that's good <laughs> so you mentioned a couple of mine my number six would have been jeremy irons from the okay. lion king uh, I love how Scar is just kind of like so evil, but kind of like it's not even a big deal. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, know? whatever. Like a very like <laughs> calming, kind of like British, almost like a Bond villain, you know, as Scar yes. Yes. Uh, in that movie. And like you said, extremely terrifying as a young kid. <laughs> and what he ends up doing to Mufasa is just like, you know, it, it'll right. scar you. Never, never get over that one. Yeah, I know. Man. And, you know, it's funny, too, because. I know it mirrors the Shakespeare. Was it Hamlet that it mirrors, I think? But uh, like the story. But Jeremy Irons kind of plays it like Shakespearean, which <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if he did that on purpose, but you know, it's just kind of like 
a very eerie take on that on that character. And it's very scary. The younger you are, the more scared you are by it, most likely. Yes. So I love uh, probably to an unhealthy level Bradley Cooper. So I'm going to do Rocket from that's the Guardians of the Galaxy pick. film. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. That's my guy right there. That's my guy. Uh, maybe the only thing he hasn't been nominated for an Oscar for, <laughs> but he should Honestly, be. Honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But that's my number seven. My you mentioned my number eight would have been Antonio Banderas's Puss in Boots. Love it. Really came into that character. Kind of started as somewhat of a comic relief, kind of like joke thing, and then kind of turned into just its own its own thing. And The Last Wish was one of my favorite movies last year. And uh he's really made that character his his own kind of like feline version of Zorro, which is really cool. Uh that's and his voice is <laughs> Yeah. There's also a couple in this movie that I could have picked uh, from the Wreck-It Ralph films, but I'm going to go with Sarah Silverman as I a Penelope. Yes, I love her as Penelope in the movie. I do too. I do too. I love her, how she kind of like, you know, brings her voice down to that childlike tone and yeah. she's got, she's very snarky and has a lot of like digs and yeah, she just really kind of brings her own like it's obviously not as edgy as her real life comedy but she kind of brings a little bit to it i have to Um, say wreck it ralph 2 emotionally destroyed me it was uh it came out right after i moved to california and i had to separate mm. from my best friend and it's very similar to what ralph and penelope go through in the movie with you know, letting that other person, you know, live their life and do their own thing. So I connected so much to Penelope in that movie. So I'm really happy you brought that up because I, I'm afraid to revisit that movie in all honesty, because I was just sobbing in the theater, like only adult in the theater, full on sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that could be tough. I could see that hitting you at the right time there. Yeah. Yeah. But I love Penelope. So that, that's my pick. Uh, And then my number 10, would have been uh, Dakota Fanning, uh, excuse me, Dakota Fanning's voiceover work in Coraline as oh, Coraline. Yes, I love Coraline. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, stop motion masterpiece from Henry Selick. And, you know, Dakota was pretty young when she uh, made that movie. And I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it was perfect. Like, I feel like she was the age of Coraline in the movie. So she was able to not really have to like stretch a lot in terms of like what she was comfortable with. And you just got the sense that it was this little girl that was scared in these situations or, yeah. you know, depressed in other ones. And it was like actually happening, you know, and mm-hmm. it, I thought she did a really good job there. So that would be my number 10. And, I, you know, I love that movie. So it was, it was hard for me to not put it on the list. So there we go. I'm a big fan of both of your lists. You had a lot of awesome picks tonight. As did you. As did you. And uh, we had a little bit of crossover there, but that's OK. You know, it's, right. it's good to have like minded uh so how we end every episode, Emma, is we head over to Facebook and we see what the fans had to say in the old suggestion box. All right. So over in the suggestion box, Emma, I just said, what are some of the best voice acting performances of all time? All right. Let's see what the fans had to say over there. Jared, patron and friend of the show, said Mark Hamill as the Joker, Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, and Robin Williams as the Genie. Those are some good ones. We did not include TV tonight, but I'm still going to shout out my patrons. What do you think of Mark Hamill as the Joker? That's pretty iconic, right? That's pretty iconic. Yeah, that's a very good yeah. good pick. Um, I'm sure if we, yeah, I'm sure if we expanded this to both TV and film, or even just a TV episode, I'm sure yeah. it would have he would have landed on either one of our lists. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Josh Raglan, patron in front of the show, says Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime is perfection. That's the um, 1980s Transformers television program. Again, we didn't include that, but that is definitely one of the all-time greats in terms of like voiceover for animation. And I have to, I have to admit that I am not familiar with that take and that turn. So maybe that's a little homework for me to catch up. Are you, do you know uh, the Optimus Prime voice from like the Transformers movies and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same. Oh, oh, okay. uh, yeah. As Peter Cullen. Yeah. He's basically Optimus Prime. It's basically his whole career. <laughs> he's been Optimus oh, cool. Prime. Oh, okay, great. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of uh, re revisited that voice for the movies, too. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, John Campbell says, J.K. Simmons as Omni-Man, Mark Hamill as the Joker, and Kevin Conroy as Batman, which is from the Mask of the Phantasm and some animated Batman series. Okay. 
Let's see. Brett from Dissect That Film, also a patron of the show, says Conroy from Batman. Mark Hamill is the Joker. Robin Williams is Genie. Jeremy Irons as Scar. Vincent Price as Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective. That's a good one. <laughs> and the entire cast of Toy Story. Yeah, you know, uh, I was going to ask you, but is Woody your favorite Toy Story voice performance? Because there's a lot. There are definitely a lot. I I do enjoy Woody. Um, I do also enjoy my girl Barbie. Shout out to Greta Gerwig. <laughs> what? I love my little Barbie I can't Barbie wait gal. for that. I can't wait. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know. I'm gonna have to take like a week off of work when Barbie comes out and go see it like every day. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Tony Dobbish says he always loved Clooney in the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, that is a really good one. George Clooney has a very soothing voice that I could just listen to for days on end, even when he's kind of a little frantic as he was in like burn after reading. I still just, right. I, I love a good George Clooney presence in any movie and fantastic. Mr. Fox, he, he, he was the voice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, he's just a cool guy, you yeah. know, he's just so cool. He's a cool guy. Also, he is the, now talking to you this is not going to mean much but he's also the uh highest level celebrity i guess you would say that i've met so that's ah. kind of cool like oh that does mean yeah. much to me <laughs> well i was gonna say you you're you know rubbing shoulders with him out there so i don't know <laughs> no but, but in what context he, did you get to meet him and so it's really cool he was um are you familiar with the film leatherheads with john krasinski oh uh, yeah i came out in it. the early mm-hmm. 2000s i think yeah yeah i heard of it well, that was filmed here in North Carolina and oh. where I live. And uh, a friend of mine worked at the restaurant where him and some people that were on the crew or whatever went to get drinks after the b- restaurant closed. Mm-hmm. And they like let him in and they served him or whatever. And he texted me and I went down there. And in a roundabout way, Clooney ended up buying me a drink. So Ooh. I tell people that. Yeah. I love that. Hey, but, I mean, you- I just told it. I mean, I just told him I was a big fan. I did this stupid, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm a big fan. It was really cool to meet you. And like, you know, man, he was talking to his friends and stuff. So yeah, I didn't bother him too much, but I still met him and he paid for me and my friends drinks. So I thought that was pretty cool. He's an awesome guy. And hopefully yeah. he was nice, even though, you know, he was oh, he with was. his friends. Okay, good. I needed that. I needed to know that George Clooney was nice. <laughs> no, yeah, he was super cool. Yeah. Uh, Chris Yaney says Kiefer Sutherland as Braun in The Land Before Time. Jody Benson as Ariel in Little Mermaid. Oh. Uh, and uh, Dom DeLuise as the tiger in An American Tale and Fievel Goes West. Some good uh, throwbacks there. Got quite a few. Robin Williams as the genie. You wrote them all in. Yeah. My friend Lauren Scott also says The Rock. In Moana, which, by the way, they just announced a remake for that today. I'm sure you saw it. I'm like, what? I did see that. (laughs) I feel like this just came out. It did just come out. (laughs) (laughs) I actually tweeted about that on my break today. I was like, the only tweet I sent out today. I was like, didn't this just come out? Why are are we remaking this, guys? I know. Uh, But anyway, it's still a great pick. The Rock is as great as Maui in uh, (laughs) in Moana. Oh, how about uh, Donna Murphy as... Mother Gothel and Tangled. Oh my goodness! Yes, how could we forget to mention Oof. her? <laughs> yeah, it's That's so another fun. T- I just think that it's really fun to play the villain in any movie, and certainly in like animated films, you just really get to get go at it. Um, I also have to say, I can. I'm I'm blanking on the actress's name, but the woman who plays the fairy godmother, of course, in Shrek. I mean, she is so iconic yeah. too. Who is that? Um, is that Julie Andrews? That's not Julie Andrews, That's, is it? No, Julie Andrews plays the queen. I cannot remember who this woman is. Oh, crap. All right. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, though. That was also really good. Yes. But here we are with our Shrek uh, fandom again, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, let's see. Amanda Inman says Vin Diesel as Groot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm at, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's definitely says, memorable. I am Groot, but okay. Yeah. But very convincingly. Uh, Fairy Godmother was played by Jennifer Saunders. Oh, that's not who I was thinking it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. It is a great performance. Uh, and we will end on Jason, who's a patron of the show. He says Robin Williams is the genie, Tom Hanks is Woody, and Billy Crystal as Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. 
it's a good one. <laughs> Those yeah, are John really Goodman's good, good from that too. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So there you go. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try here, Emma. So Emma Shashish. Is that right? Nice, nice job. Nice job. Did I do good? I did do good. I did okay. No, you did. You did totally All right. great. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It was a delight. You're the best. I had such a blast chatting voice performances with you. I hope you had a good time as well. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and look you up online out there? Well, first, I just want to say thank you again for reaching out and inviting me to the show. I really had a nice time. This was a lovely topic to talk about, and I'm excited to come back, hopefully, whenever you'd like to have me again. Absolutely. You guys can find me on Twitter. I'm at Emma underscore Sasek, uh, on Letterboxd and Instagram at Emma Sasek. And then you can find my work on Next Best Picture and The Desert Sun, where I cover a lot of entertainment news. And then with Next Best Picture, I'm doing a lot of film criticism. That's awesome. And like I said, at the very least, get ready. You know, pencil it in. I'm going to do a whole women's thing next March. We're ready. It's going to be all women related. I got to figure that out because uh, I think that would be a really cool thing to do. And I kind of been you know spacing it out here and there, but it'd be cool to have focus on that for sure. So I'd love for you to be a part of that. But nonetheless, it was great to have you this week and it was a blast talking to you. So thanks so much for being here again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You guys, thanks for listening as well. And I will be back next week with another top five. Until then, everybody take care.